Good morning. The scripture reading for today is from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 42 through um, 47. And I am reading from the New Testament in modern English. Remember, um, that was Corey Ten Boom's favorite version as she traveled around the world. And um, it's become one of mine. So I'm going to read verse 41, too. Then those who welcomed his message, this is Peter's message, were baptized. And on that day alone, about 3,000 souls were added to the number of disciples. They continued steadily learning the teaching of the apostles and joined in their fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Everyone felt a deep sense of awe while many miracles and signs took place through the apostles. All the believers shared everything in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided the proceeds among the fellowship according to individual need. Day after day, they met by common consent in the temple. They broke bread together in their homes, sharing meals with simple joy. They praised God continually, and all the people respected them. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were finding salvation, the word of the Lord. Thank you, Ms. Kay Jane, for reading that scripture passage for us. Hello, Trinity Fellowship Church. Ronnie and I are really glad to be here after such a long time. Um, actually, it was 2019, but it seems like ages before because of all the pandemic and all that happened in between. I would also like to thank the Board of Elders and Pastor Mike and Pastor Tabin for giving us this great honor to minister from the Word of God. We are so delighted to be here in your midst and to be able to uh, bring the Lord's Word to you. As a church, we have immersed ourselves in uh, figuring out how to be the church. Uh, We have started with the question of what is church? And how can we be uh, a good church? Uh, We have also progressed to see what does it mean to be Christ's body and a bride. And then we went further ahead with Pastor Mike Tabern last week sharing about what is the value of gathering? Uh, What does it do to us as a body of believers when we gather together? And I am going to take the liberty of 
launching today's word of God from that sermon that Pastor Mike shared last time, last week, uh, and, and be able to bring a few more value to the body of believers coming together and having fellowship together. So let's pray. Father, we come before you and we ask for your guidance, for your spirit to lead us as we spend this time in your word and seek to know and understand the value of fellowship, the value of coming together as your people and how to have fellowship within ourselves and to be able to extend the same fellowship to those around us. O Holy One, we submit ourselves into your hands and we ask you that you would lead us, guide us, strengthen us and use this time to really be able to draw us closer to you and be able to follow and be able to uh, obey what your word is teaching us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we are studying and trying to figure out what is church, how to be the church, how to be God's representatives, we come to a passage like we just read in Acts chapter 2. And Acts chapter 2, as you would remember, describes how God initiates the formation of church, of a body of believers. He initiated the formation of the church and as soon as believers are brought into this body, we see that they are having what is the word that we read in in this passage, the word fellowship. They are having fellowship together. And the scripture just fleshes out, uh, just describes what this fellowship look like, what this coming together look like. And today, my dear brothers and sisters, we'll be spending time to figure out what is the value of fellowship. I'm, I'm sure we remember this, the sermon from last week. But there are more nuances, there are more value in coming together, in congregating, in having fellowship together. So by God's leading I hope to bring to you a few more things that brings value, depth, and more significance to coming together and having fellowship. And then be able to also help us understand that the fellowship that we experience with God is the same fellowship that we need to extend to the people that God has placed around us. So, as we go deeper... We read from Acts chapter 2. And we come to read that passage and we sense a deep longing in our hearts. A longing to have a place where we feel cared for. A hunger for real, passionate fellowship. Where we would think that, oh yes, I have meaning. Somebody really wants to be with me, wants to spend time with me. It is told about a young mother, Clara Knoll from Oklahoma. And she was probably having one of the 
bad days in her schedule. The washing machine broke down. Um, she was constantly having to answer the phone. And the mailman, the mailman brought a bill that she didn't have the money to pay for. And that just brought her to a breaking point. Breaking point. She picked her one-year-old son, put her on a baby chair, leaned her head on the child's lap and started crying. The baby took out the pacifier from his mouth and put it in his mother's mouth to calm her down. A beautiful analogy, but nonetheless to help us understand that this hunger, this desire where we feel cared for, where we feel loved, is there from the very beginning, from a very young age. And we come in a place we call church, expecting, anticipating to be able to experience this same care and love and also to be able to share this with others. So, as we have seen, our culture is not really much about caring unless uh, it's in a situation, it's in a place like church. Our culture values the image of what Pastor Mike Strauss shared, the image of rugged individualism, right? Where, uh, you know, people value those who want, uh, those who make life by their own strength, who are the lone ranger kinds, who can do things without needing anybody's help. But when we come to the scripture, the image that we read, the image that is shared with us, is that of people coming together with a deep sense of being in fellowship, with a deep sense of being in community, caring and providing for each other. Here, as we read this passage in Acts chapter 2, we are reminded also of Christ exemplifying what fellowship looks like. Christ, in his time of ministry that he served with his on this earth with his disciples is constantly having a time of fellowship with his disciples. And the epitome of the fellowship that Christ often shared with his disciples is seen in the Last Supper. Christ is gathered all his disciples together with him. And he is sharing this time intimately with them, serving them as a bond servant, washing their feet, but also teaching them to love one another so that the world would see, would witness, would observe, and would know that these are Christians. These are different people. They have a different cultural value. Christ, we see, is at the Last Supper sharing the bread with his disciples. And as he is having fellowship with his disciples, he is saying, this, is, this bread represents my body that has been given for you. He took the cup and shared it with the disciples and he shared, said, this is the cup of the new covenant 
that I'm establishing with you. And what we see in essence is that Christ is sharing who he is. His body and his blood. And sharing with his disciples. God in his sovereign plan has desired and has always wanted to have fellowship with humanity he has created. And Christ has established, has has fulfilled that desire by, as we know later, laying down his life on the cross and sealing this, uh, this fellowship with his body and with his blood. My dear brothers and sisters, have you experienced Christ's love? Have you experienced the life Christ has shared on that cross? The sacrifice that Christ gave on that cross was for you and for me. So that he can pay the price that you and I were supposed to pay. And in our place, he took that place on the cross and died. So that now he could bring us into the fellowship with him. So that now he could call us his sons and daughters. So my first challenge, my first question to you, as we think more about fellowship is, have we experienced the fellowship with God that he offers to us through Christ? Have we experienced what that love is that he has displayed on that cross? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9, it says, God is the one who calls us into this fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. It was originally God's plan to accomplish his purpose through his son, Jesus Christ. So when Christ gave up his life on that cross, when he sacrificed himself on that cross, so that you and me could be gathered as his people, he desired for us that we would be in fellowship with God. And 1 Corinthians, Paul is saying that it is God who not just initiated this first church, this first body of believers in Acts chapter 2. He is the one who initiates you and me to have fellowship with him. He is the one who invites us into this fellowship. And the fellowship, he, he specifically mentions the fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ. So primarily, you and me, dear brothers and sisters, are invited to be in fellowship with Christ, the Son of God. But not only that, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 10 and verse 25, he says, we are invited in fellowship with God, but we are also invited to be in fellowship with other believers who are similarly called by God, who, for whom Christ has similarly paid the price on the cross. So, we are called to be in fellowship with God 
But we are also called to be in fellowship with each other. That is why on the day of Pentecost we observe that as newer members are being added into the group of believers, as more and more people are accepting the Lord as their Savior, they are coming together and having fellowship. They are spurring each other. They are encouraging each other. They are building into each other and desiring to grow, to love each other. Just as God has loved them enough to send his son and die on the cross for you and me. As we fellowship together, we are reminded of the fellowship that our holy God has had with us sinners And at the same time, to have this fellowship he gave us and to share it with our body of believers. There is another aspect of fellowship which helps us understand its value. And to understand that, we need to understand that God, who invites us into this fellowship, is a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And this triune God is such that before he created anything else, before he created any human being, before he created anything, he was in complete and perfect fellowship within himself. When Jesus is doing his ministry and he's preparing himself to uh, be taken to the cross and to sacrifice his life on that cross. He's saying, oh Father, I thank you for you have loved me before anything else in this world. And we realize that God had the Trinitarian God, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit are in constant, perfect, fulfilling fellowship with each other. And then, if we take time to realize, we understand that the concept of fellowship didn't begin with first church. It began with God. It began with who he is. He himself, the one who is in perfect fellowship within his Trinitarian existence, When he is inviting us to be in fellowship with him, my dear brothers and sisters, he is inviting us to taste what fellowship, a fulfilling, deep, passionate, caring fellowship looks like. He is inviting us to get a taste of who he is as a Trinitarian God in a perfect fellowship within his Trinitarian existence. Whether it is in a passage like Acts or whether it is in a passage like John chapter 13, Christ is teaching to his disciples, love each other so that the world may know that you are my disciples, so that you are my children chosen by me. I think the founding fathers of this church had a special inclination or a special burden on their heart to name the church 
Trinity Fellowship Church. The fellowship that exists within the Trinity is being extended to us, to you and to me, through Jesus Christ, so that we can experience within our congregation how the Trinitarian God is in fellowship with himself and be able to extend that fellowship to those around us. Right? Next week is anniversary anniversary Sunday. There will be a lot of good food and fellowship and a lot of activities. And although good food and a lot of good company makes a fellowship even uh, better, isn't it? But fellowship encompasses something more. If I have to go deeper, I would take you to the word koinonia in Greek, uh, which is used in the scriptures for fellowship. Koinonia comes from the root word of koin, which means sharing in something with someone. And the noun koinonia or its various usage in the scripture is giving us the understanding, is suggesting that it is basically sharing or partaking in something which is uh, objectively uh, away from us, like separate from us. Sharing in something which is outside of us. Right? So when Christ is uh, having koinonia with his believers, with his disciples, when he's sharing his body, his blood, with his disciples, they understand that we are being given something that we cannot offer ourselves. It has been given unto us. And when we are called to have fellowship with our dear brothers and sisters in this congregation, we need to realize that we have to share what we have received from God himself, from Christ himself. This has huge implications on how we understand fellowship. Because if we understand that this fellowship that we have received, we couldn't have gained or we couldn't have earned it in any way. It has been given to us as a gift. Right? And we are commissioned, we are called to share it with those around us. With those in our body in the church and with those whom God has placed in our influence around us. One scholarly statement puts it in such a way that church is Christ's fellowship with mankind on earth. It is said that a preacher visited a congregation, a member of the congregation who was not coming for a very long time to church. So the preacher came at the door and when the gentleman opened the door, he anticipated a big sermon, a big lecture on why he should be in church and what is the value and, you know, all these different things. And he invited the preacher in his home. They sat just around the fireplace, warming themselves on this cold night, anticipating that 
The next minute the preacher may start encouraging him or giving him a lecture or a sermon. They just sat there for quite a long time. Slowly a small piece of coal fell from that heap of uh, fire that was burning in the fireplace. The preacher took the metal rod and pushed that coal back into the fireplace and mentioned Sometimes when we are alone, the fire dies out. That's not what God desires in us. He wants us to be aflame with what he has allowed us to experience in the Trinitarian Godhead, in the fellowship that God has within himself. And he wants us to be aflame and to be able to set others on that same flame, on that same of fire for the Lord. And how can we do that? Philippians chapter 2 verse 1. Or 2 Corinthians. The benediction in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. The scripture is telling us the Holy Spirit leads us into that fellowship. The Holy Spirit is the one who encourages us to be in that fellowship. So may I submit to you, how have we experienced God's fellowship, God's invitation to fellowship in our lives? Because the more we experience God's fellowship in our life, the more we would be driven, the more we would be uh, like having this burden on our lives to be able to extend the same fellowship with other believers in our congregation. The more we would be driven to extend and allow other people around us to experience this fellowship that we ourselves have experienced with our God. The image of the body, the image of a building helps us to understand how this fellowship works at a corporate level. Fellowship is an essential part of who we are as a church. We just read from the scriptures how the Trinitarian God is in a fellowship, in a perfect fellowship within himself. And through the Holy Spirit, he invites us to have this fellowship with him, but also with those around us. So the question then comes in front of us, is what is the end goal of fellowship? It's two part. First, as Philippians uh, chapter 2 verse 5 would say, that this fellowship needs to grow, needs to give birth, needs to transform us and allow us to have this attitude, have this uh, persuasion, have this kind of a heart and this kind of a a drive within ourselves that Christ had when he obeyed the Lord, Father, who being in essence God, didn't consider it as something to be grasped. So uh, the, the first intention is that it would make us more and more like Christ. 
as we yield ourselves to be in this fellowship, as we yield ourselves to, uh, to, to be, to be changed by the fellowship that God wants to have with us. But then it's twofold, right? The second is to be the church, to be the ambassadors, to be the people who would be in this world, who would be in this church, and when other people come in contact with us, when other people who, who haven't experienced what fellowship with God looks like, who, who have no clue of what fellowship with God feels like, when they come in contact with us, that they would experience a fellowship, a love, a care that God has extended to us. When we first came to America, uh, driving down the highway, we were uh, told about a special lane. It's called as high occupancy vehicle lane, right? We don't have that concept back home. And uh, it was really neat to understand that if in a vehicle there are more than two people, they can use this special lane. And you can go ahead of all this other crowd of people who are driving in their own vehicles single-handedly. Fellowship with God and with his people puts you and me on this HOV lane. Where he allows us to go and experience the fellowship of God with him, but also to be able to extend this fellowship to those people around us. In our ministry that God has given us, God has allowed us to extend this sense of fellowship with uh, a special group of people, a special community of people that are HIV positive back home. Uh, before the pandemic, God was allowing us to minister to about 12 HIV widows and their families uh, through counseling, through helping them in their daily needs, uh, through helping them in being able to talk their burdens, to, to share their heart, and to be able to experience this, the, the love and the hope that God has in his scriptures with them. During the pandemic, God allowed us this number to grow, and now we have about 35 different women, widows, HIV-positive widows that God is using us among. One of the ladies has been part of this program from very beginning, Miss Vandana. And she has a child who was living in an HIV-positive orphanage, but recently he left that orphanage and came to stay with his mom. Well, a couple of weeks later, another child left from the orphanage, and Vishal, <coughs> Vishal, Miss Vandana's son, invited him, why don't you come home and stay with us? So now Akash and Vishal were living with Miss Mandana. And when Miss Mandana shared with us that I am taking care of these two children, we were a little skeptical. We were concerned, like, are you sure you, you want to have these children at your home? Miss Mandana shared, I have experienced God's generous love toward me. I want to extend that same love to not just my child, but other child who is a child positive. Well, in a couple of weeks' time, there was a third child who came out of the orphanage. 
And guess who he went to? Miss Vandana. Because she was willing to exchange and be able to share the love that she has experienced with God with them. My dear brothers and sisters, the love that disciples had experienced from Jesus in their lives, they were willing to share that love in any and every means possible. If it required selling of their possessions, they were willing to do it. If it required gathering in somebody's home and just encouraging them, they were willing to do it. If it required coming together every day, I'm not expecting that to happen uh, every for everybody everywhere, but that was their pattern. That's what helped them to care and, and be able to provide love and concern for each other. What is the Spirit of God encouraging you and me to do to share the fellowship that we have experienced with God with others that God has kept in our influence. Sam Walton, the founder of Walmart, had a pledge that he made all his employees say. It's a little quirky, but I would just read it. From this day forward, if a customer comes within 10 feet of me, regardless of what I'm doing in this place, I'm going to look to them in their eyes. I'm going to smile And I'm going to greet them, good morning or good afternoon. Or I'm just going to ask, what can I do to help you? And so help me, Sam. That was the pledge. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if we took a similar pledge for ourselves as God's children, as this body of believers? From this day forward... Every day, every person who comes within 10 feet of me, regardless of what I'm doing in this church, I will look them in their eyes. I will greet them. Good morning. Good afternoon. Or I will ask them, what can I do for you? So help me, God. Let's pray. Father, as we come before you, we realize that we have received something that we were not worthy of. And for us to be able to receive the grace, for us to be able to be brought into this fellowship, Christ has paid the price on that cross for me and for all who are called by his name. Thank you. But then in many ways I also realize and everybody here, all of us realize, oh Lord, we are feeble. And many times we are too concerned about our own selves. Very often we forget that this grace that has been showed upon us and the fellowship that you gathered us into You have called us to extend this fellowship to each other and to those around us. O Holy One, would you kindly lead us? Would you kindly encourage us? Would you kindly bless us to yield ourselves 
to the leading of the Spirit so that we could grow in our fellowship with you, but also be able to extend this fellowship to others around us, whether it is in this body, whether it is in our neighborhood, whether it is in our workplace, whether it is in our friend circle. Oh Lord, help us to be your ambassadors, to be your body, to be your church, wherever you have kept us, O Lord.